And then there's no other name given in heaven and earth by which any man should be saved than that of Jesus. Amen. No other name. I love that song. By his name we come alive. Amen. Jesus' name. No other name strikes fear in Satan other than Jesus. No other name. There's no other name that can change situations. No other name that can affect lives and affect the outcome of this world other than Jesus. No other name. Praise his name. The Bible declares in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 4, No man can serve two masters. Can't do it. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He went on to say, Jesus did, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon here translates the world, money, world, worldly things. We cannot serve God and mammon, the world. We must choose. Heavenly Father, as we come before you right now, I thank you, Lord, for the honor and privilege of being in your house as always. I want to take time tonight, God, to say thank you. Thank you for every person that sacrifices on Wednesday nights to be in your house. It's a special night. It's special because our weeks are difficult. Our weeks are hard. They're not easy. There's a lot of other places we could be on Wednesday nights. In our living rooms, in our recliners, in our chairs. Tired. Trying to rest. Trying to catch up on daily routine things. There's a lot of places that all of us could be. But I thank you for these who have taken time tonight to be here. To worship you and to thank you and to praise you. Father, I just ask God that you would bless us, honor their sacrifice, honor their faith tonight, Lord. As we learned last night, your word, faith, is a substance of things hoped for. Substance means reality, tangible, that which is real, God. And our faith is in you. You're our substance. I thank you for these who have come out, Lord, to worship you. And we ask, God, that you would grace us with your presence. Speak to us through your word, God. Let your spirit reign supreme in this place tonight. And Father, we'll always praise you and thank you and glorify you. May we always remember these moments that we have to gather together on this side of eternity. May we always remember them and count them joyful. For Father, one day... This life will be over and will be translated to the next. And we'll enjoy those moments, that time. But God, help us to enjoy them both in your presence. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for it in the precious name of your son Jesus. That name that we just sung about that's above all names. Jesus, the King of kings. It's in his name, God the beautiful rose of Sharon, the sacrificial lamb of God, Emmanuel. It's in his name, the lion of Judah. It's in his name, my Savior, soon returning King. 
that we all pray here today. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise today. Amen. Is that all right? We'll dismiss our young people. You can find your seat. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 is where we're going to be. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7. Title of this message is, look at your neighbor and say, get off the fence. Get off the fence. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 4, that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples. And that's what he's saying to us today, and that's what he continues to say throughout all of eternity, right? He, at least it, this, this, this life that you and I live, I should say, ever since he uh, set the church in motion, those words have been ringing very loud. we got to choose, get off the fence, right? That's why he said, no man can serve two masters, uh, Brother Ron, because we got to get off the fence. You can't be on the fence and serve them both, right? You can't do that. Unfortunately, in the world that we live today, and most, and a lot of us, I shouldn't say most of us, a lot of us find ourselves in that situation from time to time, right? If we're honest, we'll find ourselves trying to serve two masters. Uh, honestly, it's kind of fun to, be, to delve into the things of this world. We want to be accepted by people in this world, right? You've often heard people make this statement, and I've said it too, but it's not always, it's not 100% correct. I think the thought process is correct, but the statement's not correct. I don't really care what you think about me. I only care what God thinks. Well, that's true and it's not true. See, we need to care about what people think because we're in the people business. Is that right? Jesus didn't say, I don't care what you think. He cared about what people thought. He loved them, right? And we have to have, we got to care about what people think if we're going to be effective. And the only way to be effective is we've got to choose. We can't, we can't take sides. We can't stand on the fence. And we can't, we can't reach over here and do things that's of the world and reach over here and do things that are of God because this is what Jesus said in his word. God said in his word, that's confusion. And the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Is that right? He does not author that. He's not a part of confusion. It'd be like this. You've heard me say it. If today I brought a duck in this church, and the duck was right here, and he was marching around on the altar, and as he marched, all of you and I would say, that is a what? Because it looks like a duck. We would be all in agreement that it's a duck, until it said, no. Then we would be as confused as a cow on AstroTurf. I'll let that reset a minute. Right? That would be confusion. And now we wouldn't be so sure that that was a duck. Is that right? We wouldn't be real sure. And that's kind of what happens. That's what Jesus saw happening in his time with some of the people of the church age of that time. And he was warning the apostles to be careful not to delve into both worlds because it's not possible. It's not possible to please our Father if we're living in this world and trying to live in His world. We are spiritual beings, henceforth we should be spiritual, right? Now I'm not saying we don't have to live in this world, obviously we do, we're here. But what I'm saying is, is we don't partake of the things of this world, we partake of the things of God. Amen? Y'all with me? Does that make sense? We have to choose, that's what he's talking about. You choose godly things or you choose worldly things. Remember what he told, right, what um, 
what God's word said when Joshua said it to the children of Israel at that time. Remember, we all quote that scripture a good bit in 2 Chronicles. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, he went on to say, we're going to serve the Lord. He said it this way. He said, you choose, you can choose either serve, you know, the gods, the gods of, you know, your fathers in that other land right over there where we were, or you can choose to serve God himself. But you got to choose. You can't be in both worlds. Unfortunately, as I said to you today, a lot of people are trying to live in both worlds. Sometimes they're not doing it intentionally necessarily. I mean, it, it is intentionally, but it's kind of not intentionally, right? But they find themselves going that way. They find themselves, you know, going back to the things that are easy. And see, serving the world is easy. And Satan would have you think that serving the world is difficult, or serving God is difficult. But it's not. Serving God's one of the easiest things I ever did in my life. The difficult thing was trying to cover up what I was doing over here and trying to serve God at the same time. Right? That's what's difficult. When you try to serve two masters, you can't do it. The Bible tells us, be, be, be sure for your sins will find you out. What I found is, when I was trying to do both, and I was trying to cover up some of this stuff so nobody knew it, I really enjoyed God's presence. I really enjoyed being around God's people. I really wanted to be over here, but I also enjoyed this over here. So I would be doing some of this and covering all that up so that nobody knew it over here. But what I always found is people already knew it anyway. But more importantly, guess who else knew it? God, we know that, right? So you can't serve two masters. We've got to get off the fence. Is that right? Can't stay on the fence. You can't get on the fence. Well, well, preacher, the reason I'm on the fence is that person hurt me. Well, preacher, the reason I'm on that fence is, is because you put whatever you want to put out there, right? We, we all have excuses as to why we're on the fence. But God said you can't do that. You can't sit on the fence. You can't ride the fence. You've got to choose. So let's look at this. I sent a quote out today that God just kind of laid on my heart as I was going about my day. It just kind of came out of nowhere. But warriors were designed to ride horses, not fences. Amen? God didn't intend for you and I to sit on no fence and fight these battles. And I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. But true warriors of God were designed to ride horses. If you read in the book of Revelation, when we return with God after that millennial reign, after that marriage supper of the Lamb, after the millennial reign, we're riding in horses coming back, right? We're part of a great army, an army of warriors, not an army of wimps, right? An army of warriors. And God's church is on the move. A fence won't move. You can ride it, you can pop it all day long, but it ain't going nowhere. Right? But God's people were intended to ride horses, not fences. Got to choose. Let's look at it. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 through 20, Jesus is dealing with some of this. And then I'm going to get into these, Pastor Keith, in here before points tonight, okay? Jesus said it this way when he was talking to the Pharisees. He said, I told y'all Jesus is a thug. You know what I'm talking about? I mean that in a good way. He didn't hold nothing back. Jesus said, ye hypocrites. I got to imagine he said it this way. Ye hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm not going to tell you to say anything. You ever met anybody like that? They're all about Jesus until a certain spot or until you get them in a situation where the rubber hits the pavement and then the true person comes out. 
You ever seen anybody like that? You ever been around anybody like that? Where they're talking about Jesus, they got the tongues of angels on Sunday and Wednesday. Is that right? But come Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, it's a different person. There's a lot of people in this world today that say they love Jesus, but they don't love him enough to let go of what they're doing. There's a lot of people. I mean, he said, their lips speak of me, but their hearts are far from me. They, 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 they talk about me. They do certain things about me, but their heart's not there. In other words, their life does not match their talk. Is that right? And my daddy always said, talk's cheap. And it's true. Actions do speak louder than words. Is that right? And, and what I've always found is when I'm trying to put somebody else down for what they're doing for God, I'm finding myself not doing anything other than talking about them. Right? They may not be doing what I think they should be doing, but at least they're doing something for God. What am I doing talking about them? Right? My lips say one thing, but my actions say something totally different. Jesus said, they say, you hypocrites. He said, your lips honoreth me, but your heart is far from me. Yes, but, no, no, we're either all in with him or we're not, right? But he said in verse 9, but in vain they do worship me, Jesus said, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, right? Teaching what they believe rather than what thus says the Lord. That's a danger in the world that you and I live today. There's a lot of churches, a lot of people teaching what they believe rather than what God says that we should believe. And he called the multitude, speaking of Jesus, and said to them, Hear and understand. Not, it's not that which goeth into the mouth that defiles a man. Remember, what was happening, the Pharisees were bringing these people before Jesus and saying, Hey, you know the law. You're supposed to clean your hands before you eat anything, that you don't defile yourself, Right? And Jesus goes on to tell him here, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. Amen? So let's look at it. He said, it's not in verse 11, which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth that defiles a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Jesus, don't you know you offended them? I mean, Jesus, you offended the church. Dear God. Right? Heaven forbid, Jesus offends the church. I'm going to say something today, and I mean it, and I'm serious, and I'm part of the church, and it hurts me to say this, but it's right. Boy, do we need Jesus to offend the church. I'd rather be offended now than rejected later. Amen? I would rather Jesus tell me the truth, and it hurt my feelings, than to stand before him one day and hear him say, Ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you, right? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Wouldn't that be awful? I'd rather be offended now than offended then. <laughs> the apostle said, Jesus, you offended them. Is that right? They need to be some offenses, right? By Jesus, let me clarify that. Not by man. There's enough of that going on now. It's destroying God's church. Let Jesus do it. But he said, they're offended. <laughs> Can't you see Jesus' face? What? You can almost see Jesus like, I'm going to smack your jaws. Then came his disciples and said to him, Noah said the Pharisees were offended. Verse 13, but he answered and said, Every plant that which my heavenly Father hath planted shall... I'm sorry. 
And he saith and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, he said. Just let them be. They be blind leaders of the blind. Well, Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus was tough, wasn't he? They're just blind leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both of them is going to fall into the ditch. Have you ever noticed that? When, when somebody's riding that fence and they're trying to live in both worlds, it seems like you know they're trying to lead people in what they believe and what they think their side is. All the while, if you're not careful, they'll take everybody in the ditch with them. You see what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. They're blind leaders leading the blind. Be careful that you not be led away as well, in other words. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. <laughs> and Jesus again said, Are you also yet without understanding? Do you not know what I'm trying to say? You're my disciple. He said, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth that goeth, it goes into the belly, and it's cast out in the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, uh, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands, that doesn't defile a man. I'm going to take a side note here before I get into the points of the message, what happens when you ride the fence. For years... You guys know, some of you are old enough, if you're over 45, raise your hand. If you ain't shamed up. I ain't shamed up. I'm still, hey, we're living. Right? That's good. I never thought I'd get to 53. Right, Brother Ron? 52. So, I'm going to say this, but you guys know what I'm saying. Uh, for years, the church tried to make Christianity about the out appearance, the outer appearance. It was more so what you looked like than it was about what your heart looked like. Is that right? It was all about you couldn't wear shorts or you couldn't wear uh, rings or you couldn't wear makeup or your hair had to be a certain length. It was all about all these things because we didn't want the church to be embarrassed by you. That's the wrong concept. It's not about that. It's about we don't want Jesus embarrassed because I'm not saved. That's what we should have been saying. Right? Here's the, here's the thing we've got to remember. I've said it many times. It's our job to fish. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, not cleaners of fish. Not cleaners of men. He said, fishers of men. Our job is to bait the hook, throw it out there, and when it bites, reel it in. He said, draw all men unto me. Bring them. Right? Bring them. But he's the one that cleans them. It's not the outer appearance that Jesus is worried about. This earthen vessel will be destroyed. It's the soul, it's the heart, it's what's inside. Yes, preacher, but you know that woman around, he walk around here with that old mini skirt on or whatever it may be. You look. Shame on you for looking. Is that right? The same Jesus that I serve and the same Jesus that you serve, if he was good enough and he's smart enough and he's God enough to get me to straighten out, he'll handle that too. Amen? If that's offensive to him, he'll take care of that with them or he'll use his servant to help take care of that. Our job is to get them in here and get them saved, right? That's the point. Jesus said it's not about the outside. It's what's in your heart, right? So see, this is where the church was years ago. We're trying to be in both worlds. We want, we want things like we want it in our, our church. And Jesus is saying it ain't your church, it's mine. You didn't die for the church, I did. Amen? We got that backwards. It's not my church because I pastor the church, it belongs to Christ. 
I love y'all, but I didn't die for you. He did. See what I'm saying? And we got to understand in the world we live that everybody's God's child and that everybody's important, that everybody is a soul and everybody, everybody, right? Everybody, God wants them all in heaven regardless of what we think. You know, surely they're not going to be, they're going to be, I ain't going to heaven. Right? I can't live with that old hussy. I am not going to spend eternity with that old hussy. Right? Ain't happening. Come on now. You know, we're all God's children. We have to see the Pharisees were trying to make it personal. And Jesus said, no, no, no. He said, look, Pharisees, you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't, you can't serve two masters. So let's look at what happens when you ride the fence. This is why Jesus said that you and I shouldn't ride the fence. If, you're, if you've ever been on a wooden fence and you've been playing on that wooden fence, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Fences call splinters. <laughs> Painful splinters. And if not dealt with, these splinters cause infection, which could lead to serious issues. Is that right? When we ride the fence, if we ride it long enough, we're going to get a splinter. We're going to have something happen. And, and in time, if we don't deal with the splinter, if we don't quit get, staying on the fence and riding the fence and get off of there and get that splinter taken care of, Jesus said this way, look, get the beam out of your own eye before you get the splinter out of your brother's eye. You got your own issues. You got a big old splinter in your rear end for riding the fence too. Go get it taken care of because it's going to fester if you don't deal with it. Boy, do we need to preach that. If we ride the fence and we keep toying in both worlds, we're going to get a splinter, a spiritual splinter, and if we don't deal with it, it's going to get infected and it's going to cause issues. That could cost us. Now, my wife, now look, God's got a sense of humor. Because my mama was a nurse's aide for 35 years. My stepmother was an LPN too for 30 years. My wife is an RN nurse and my daughter's an RN nurse. So all my life I've been told, you better deal with that. I have seen studies where you think that's simple, little splinter, they lost their arm. So I'm walking around in fear all the time because my family tells me, you got something in your eye. I hear you, Dad, but you better get it out or you're going to have no eye. Right? And they tell me the worst case scenarios. But the reality is, a splinter causes an infection, and infection could cause you to lose a member of your body. Amen, somebody. Infection, because we're riding the fence, could cost the church a member of the body. Mark the tape. Amen, that's so good. You got to be careful. Because these, these infections will fester, and now you're not just losing a member, but you will lose an arm. You might lose your life, spiritually speaking, if we don't deal with it. Riding the fence causes splinters, and if not dealt with, and we don't quit riding the fence, infection sits in, and serious issues happen. Why shouldn't we ride the fence? Riding fences will take you nowhere, as I said earlier. A fence is stationary and fixed. It is built that way so it does not move. When you go home, if you got a fence, I got a wooden fence in my yard if y'all need to use one. Y'all might look, they, people in my neighborhood are going to think, what's wrong with them people? I knew it was a cult. That's what they'll say. <laughs> it was a fence cult. So, 
if you get on that fence and you get you with them little old horse whips and just say, "How old silver," and, shoo, and see if that fence takes off, it ain't going nowhere. People that ride the fence ain't going nowhere with Christ. You with me? If we ride the fence, we ain't going nowhere. We're just marching in place. We're just, we're just wearing the old fence out and ain't going nowhere. We're wasting time. Riding the fence will cause us to waste valuable time that we do not have. Because God is, His Son Jesus is returning soon. And we got a big work to do. And you can't do it sitting on a fence hoping it's going to take legs and take off that you can carry out the work of the Lord. It's not going to do it. Because the fence is designed to just sit there and look pretty. Boy, there's a lot of folks in the house of God just sitting there looking pretty. But they ain't going nowhere. Amen? Their lips honor Him, but their hearts are far from Him. Amen? Sorry. That was my heart. But they're far from Him. See what I'm saying? There's a lot of church people. There's a lot of churches. I've been guilty of it myself at times where we're just sitting still beating the old fence and we ain't going nowhere. Right? We're up there on that fence pointing out everybody else's faults, but we ain't going nowhere. At least them folks are out there going and trying, but when you're sitting on the fence, you can't do nothing but point out everybody else's faults because you ain't going nowhere. So it's dangerous. Jesus, can't you see why he said you can't ride the fence? It's dangerous. It'll cause infection. You won't be going anywhere. You're just sitting there. Another reason why we shouldn't ride the fence is, to be quite honest with you, it's very uncomfortable. Look, most of them fences ain't but about, what, inch and a half wide? And I'm a lot, you know, I got a sign on my back that says, wide load. So when I sit on the fence, I got more hanging off than I got hanging on. I mean, I'm just being real. If you've ever sat on a fence, we all got more off the fence than we got on the fence. It's very uncomfortable. You'll find yourself on a fence constantly moving and jockeying for position, trying to get yourself comfortable, and you're never going to get there because you can't serve two masters. Your spiritual body, your, there's a war going on in your spirit where you're trying, you're enjoying this over here, but the Holy Ghost is saying, no, 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 no. Is that right? No, no, no. You know, and you feel miserable. You ever been around somebody and you know that they're not all in for Jesus, but yet they're not all in for the world? They're hypocrites, right? That's what Jesus called them. I'm just being telling you what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is someone that's trying to be in both of them and you can't, you can't do it, right? But I've been there. I've been one of those hypocrites. I've, I've been on both sides trying to get it. You know, when I was sitting in church on a Sunday after I done lived for the world on Saturday and Friday, and I was trying my best to look holier than thou, and the whole time, the Holy Ghost is eating me up. And I was miserable. I was miserable when I went to church because the Lord was touching my body, my heart saying, you know you ain't living right. And you over here trying to tell people how to live. And, and I knew that was right. And I was miserable. But then I found myself, it got to be where I was trying to live in the world. And while I was over here trying to enjoy myself, guess what? The Holy Ghost saying the same thing. You over here trying to let them people, you, you trying to act like one of them. But at the same time, you know you ain't where you're supposed to be. And it's always miserable in both places. And what I found myself doing was jockeying for position. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to get myself set just right, right, because I was miserable. When you ride the fence, that's what happens. You get miserable. And the only way to get better is to get off the fence. Amen? 
and get in the recliner. I'm going to tell you, go sit on that fence for about 30 minutes. You'll love your recliner. It will be like, oh, right? But that's the way it is with Jesus, right? All we got to do, if we just get off the fence and choose, this is why the Bible says that he don't want you and I lukewarm. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Jesus said, look, be hot or cold. But for goodness sakes, don't try to be lukewarm, right? Don't be a hypocrite. Whatever you're going to do, choose. But don't cause confusion. Don't cause issues, right? I told you I had a friend of mine, and he served the Lord for a long time. He was a, just a great man of God. And he turned his back on God. He backslid. I still believe in backsliding, by the way. He backslid. And he was not, not serving the Lord. Now, he was all into the world. He was all in. And as much as, as, as much as he served the Lord here, he was just as much serving the world here. He was 100% in. As we say today, well, he was just 100. Now, we leave percenting out nowadays. But he was all 100. And I talked to him one day. I'd visit him, and, and I'd, tell, I'd, I'd say his name. I said, look, you know you're not living right. He said, I know it. And he said, Mark, I've had, I had a close relationship with the Lord, and I knew he did. And he said, people, somebody comes around now to tell me that God's not real. He said, I know. They've come around too late. I know God's real. He said, he had, he had a relationship. Man was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was now not serving the Lord. But I'll tell you what he said to me. And it, it, at first I was like, well, shame on you. You ought to get back over there then if you know it. But there was something afterwards I thought, you know what? I was proud of him. This is what he said, Brother Ron. He said, Mark, I know I need to serve the Lord. But he said, right now, he said, I just can't, my heart's not, I, I can't, I just can't get back over there. He said, but for goodness sakes, he said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. He said, I'm not going to act like I'm serving the Lord when I know I'm not. And you know what? I respected him for that. If you're not going to serve Jesus, then don't act like you are because you're causing the kingdom of God more harm than you are good. If you're here today or you're watching live on Facebook, if you are trying to serve two worlds, choose one of them. Either give your heart to God and get all in for him or stop trying to live both of them. And if you're going to live this one, get over here and live it. But what's happening when you're trying to live this world, not like you're a Christian, it causes difficulty for people to reach other people because all they see is the life you're living. And they say, well, if that's how a Christian's supposed to live, I'm doing that. Right? It's confusion. It makes it hard for us to reach them. You see what I'm saying? So when I come along to talk to them, they just say, well, uh-huh, you probably just like that guy. Right? Choose. But don't ride the fence. One way or the other, you've got to choose. Get on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence. But for goodness sakes, you know, choose which one you're going to serve. Now, as a minister, I'm going to tell you, serve Christ. Don't serve the other side. But if you're going to choose to serve the other side and, and, and disobey God, don't act like you are part of God and still serve the world, right? It causes uncomfortableness, not just to ourselves, but to others. Are we okay? Y'all all right? Is this good? This is just God. I'm just telling you what he gave me. I don't know who this is for. It's for me, I know. Fourth thing he said to me, why we shouldn't ride fences will inevitably cause one, it, riding fences will inevitably cause one much pain. And that kind of goes along with the second one. Pain that comes when we fall off the fence. If we ride long enough, we will eventually fall. The Bible says, as I said, be sure for your sins will find you out. Right? The thing I found about riding fences when I was a kid, I used to do it a lot more because I was a lot more reckless. Well, I wouldn't ride it. I'd try to stand up on it and be, you know, some Olympic gymnast. There on a four-inch, six-inch beam, I had a little inch-and-a-half beam, right? And I would try to do crazy things and fall off of there many, many times. 
knock the breath out of me, almost break arms. Right? It's inevitable if you ride the fence long enough, you will fall off the fence. And when you fall off the fence, pain's coming, <laughs> especially if you get older. You know, we don't, we're not as pliable with the older we get. So, look, that's a lesson in itself for all of us. The older we get in life, the less we ought to be on that fence. Amen? Because we're supposed to be, gray hair don't mean that we're old. We say it means wisdom. It's wisdom because we have knowledge of what not to do. Is that right? And if we're knowledgeable, if we are, if we are really secure Christians that have served in a long time, we know better than to try to get on the fence. Is that right? Because we know that there's probably something bad going to happen and we're going to get hurt. So that's another reason why we shouldn't ride it. It's that you're going to fall. And the Bible talks about pride, and, and, and because of pride, there's a fall. And he said, great is that fall. And that's what happens. When we ride the fence, usually there's a lot of pride involved, and we don't want to admit that we're not living right, and we don't want to admit that I don't really need to do this, so we just get prideful and stay right here. And inevitably, we can't, we're not standing on anything solid, so we're going to fall. If you've ever been on a fence, even though it's in the ground, even though it's all that, if you stand on it long enough, you get a little nervous, what's it do? It starts moving, right? The only thing solid in this life is Jesus. That's the only foundation that you and I should choose to stand on, not a fence. Sit on Jesus, stand on Jesus, not the fence, because it's not stable. And when we fall, we're going to get hurt. Now, ultimately, you hope that you don't fall to the point that it hurts you so bad that you lose your life. But spiritually speaking, if we ride that fence long enough and we fall off of that fence spiritually, it could cost us our relationship with Christ and our eternal reward. So can't you see why Jesus was so harsh on the church here, the pharisaical church, if you will, of this time? He said, guys, you're going to have to tighten up. And I think in the world we live today, as we've talked about many times, the world we live in, now is not the time to play with Jesus. Man, the end is coming. Jesus is wrapping this thing up. Now is not the time to sit back and say, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to stay right here and hit on that fence and do all this stuff. Now is the time to make sure we're right with God and right with others, that we make sure we make heaven our home, that we're obedient to God's plan, that we're following him when he tells us to do things, right, that we're doing all we can for the glory of God. Now is the time. It's not the time to not do the things of God. Right now is the time to do those things. And don't even, don't even look at the fence. Right? Just be all in with Jesus. Last scripture I got for you tonight, <clears throat> I believe it's found in, you got that brother Danny, found in Proverbs. It's a great passage of scripture. Chapter 14 and verse 12. This, this is what he says. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a lot of folks that think they're right. But death is imminent. Spiritual death. Here's what I've learned. Fence riding. This, this scripture is about fence riding. Here's what I've learned. When I'm on that fence, I always knew I was wrong because my mama told me not to do it. So when I was on it, she told me not to do it because she knew that splinters could happen. She knew, right, that it was uncomfortable. She knew that there was a chance that I could fall. Right? She knew all these things that we just talked about. 
So she told me, don't get on the fence. So every time I got on that fence, I knew I was wrong. But in my mind, I thought she was just a crazy old woman. Right? You know what I'm talking about? I thought my mama didn't know. She was just an old lady, and she didn't know what fun was. Right? Until I got hurt. And then she said, I told you so. Right? But I knew it was wrong. See, this is what this passage is saying about fence riding. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. We all think we're right. But down deep inside, we all know we're all wrong. And so what happens if we, if, we don't, if we don't do that which we know is right and choose to get off that fence and follow Christ, the end thereof, Jesus said, God said, are the ways of death. And the Bible said the wages of sin is death. Right? Spiritual death is coming. We can't make heaven our home and be on that fence. If Jesus returns, I think I can say this with all the authority of Jesus Christ in me that he gave me to be a minister of the gospel, according to what I've read in his word. If there's anybody that's riding the fence, when Jesus returns, you'll still be on that fence. Right? Because he said, no sin shall enter into heaven. And if he says, he told them, you're hypocrites. You can't serve both worlds. So if I'm sitting on the fence, then, I'm, then there's sin in my life. I, I'm not choosing either way. And by not choosing either way, guess who I chose? The world. I said this one time in a message, and I'm going to try to close with this. I was in, a, in the middle of a message, and God just dropped it in my heart, and I was thinking, Lord Jesus, I can't say that. And you know how the Holy Ghost says, say it, or I'll just key you where you stand almost. You can just feel that, right? <clears throat> and this is what I said. I said, look, if you don't, if you don't choose... And this is what God said me to say. If you, if you don't choose me, then you've made your choice and you're serving Satan. And I had looks at me like, preacher, I ain't serving the devil. Right? Nobody wants to be told they're serving the devil. Nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of, some people get up to get up and serve the devil. But most people aren't trying to serve Satan. But if you're not serving God, who are you serving? Satan. There's no other way around it. Right? That, scripturally, that's it. There's only two that you can serve, God or the world, sin, Satan, right? That's, that's it. So if you're not serving Jesus, if you're not saved, or if you are saved and you're not doing his work, guess who you, just who you're serving? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Choose. Choose this day who you'll serve, right? Let's don't be fence-riding Christians. You know, let's make sure we're on God's side and that we're doing his work, right? See, here's the thing. Satan's tried to fence in God's children since the cross. Why do we want to help him? Is that right? For goodness sakes, don't get on the fence and help him. We need to be on God's side and not worry about the fence. Okay? Y'all with me? I want to pray with you here tonight. Thank you for listening. This is more of a teaching tonight than it is, a, I guess, preaching. But it's something God laid on my heart. Um, again, I'm not sure why and I really don't know. Uh, that I know I needed it because there's times I find myself inching back to the fence. I told somebody that today. You know, I've allowed Satan to rob my joy. The zeal that God's given me to carry out his work. I've allowed that to happen because I've taken my eyes off of God, as I said, Sunday. And I started looking at all the junk going on around me and all the things that are happening. And it's just become so abrasive. And I find myself trying to inch back to the fence. See, 
In the Christian walk, Jesus never promised it'd be easy, but he promised he'd be with us. And he promised us victory if we'll just overcome. And what happens sometimes in my life and maybe in yours is when we're getting hit with these things, our natural tendency is to go to the path of least resistance. The fence is easy, right? Because we've been there before. We, we know how to climb up on it. We know how to get there. So our natural tendency, just like the children of Israel when they came out of the promised land, they were saying to Moses, at least when we were there, we had food. At least when we were there, right? They did, so you could see them there. They were trying, they wanted to do the things of the Lord, but yet they wanted to go back and do, it's easy to do the things which you used to do. But to follow Christ means to go against the grain. So when things don't go right, instead of trying to go back to the fence, God intends for us just to keep pressing forward. Right? That's why he said, you know, look unto me, the author and finisher of your faith. Right? Press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. God, another passage says. Press toward. Not run away. Not turn. Not go back to the fence. Not go back to what we know. Right? But, but stay over here. See, here's the thing that I learned about my walk with God the, every step I take for God it's like claiming new territory if you remember the, the people that, that, that were on the east coast years ago when, when this was first a nation they would go west right and they would go west and when they would go there was no government there was no nothing telling them what they had to do so they would go west until they went as far as they wanted to go they picked out a spot they liked and what did they do they put their stake in the ground that's why you hear people say Claim your stake, right? Stick your stake in the ground. And that became theirs. See, so when you're pressing along in this walk with God, every step you take, you're putting in a new, a new, a new stake. And you go another little bit further, you put another stake in the ground. And you go a little bit further, you put another stake in the ground. And here's what happens. When difficult times come, Satan wants you to back up. He wants you to go back to that fence and go sit down and don't don't, don't keep going forward. Just sit on the fence. But don't keep doing what you're doing. Just sit on the fence because you're causing me problems. So get, get, get back on the fence. And it's so easy to do that what we do. We, we meet a little bit of resistance, so we start backing up. We start backing up. We start backing up until we back up against the fence. We go, this is normal territory. I, I feel like I got some structure now. I got something to hold me. So we lean on that old fence. And if you lean long enough, you say, gosh, my legs are tired. And then you step up on that first rung of that fence. And then you get up on the next rung of that fence. And then what do you do? And that's exactly where Satan wants you. And here's the thing. When you do that, you give up that ground, and you're not there, guess what somebody does to your stake? If you're not there to defend what you just got, they pick that stake up, right? And it's no longer yours. you got to go get all that again. you got to start all over with it again. And all that ground you just lost, you got to go right back out there again and start trying to claim it again, right? And the battle becomes more difficult. For goodness sakes, right? If we're living for the Lord and we've gone so far for God, we've lived for Him for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, we've done wonderful things for Don't back up, right? Clank, stakey stake in the ground and hold on. The great thing about the stake is not only do you claim in that territory, but it's in the ground. You can hold on to it. Right? Claim it and don't let go. And keep trying your best to press forward, but don't go back and sit on the fence. It's a dangerous place to be. Amen? Let's pray.